Today on Let's Talk Limbic Sparks, I'm with Lisa Richner, Vice President and Head of Product at Extend, a fintech company that turns your business credit card into a spend management platform. I'm Kevin Perlmutter, Chief Strategist and Founder of Limbic Brand Evolution, a brand strategy and neuromarketing consultancy that taps into emotional insight to strengthen connections between brands and people. The limbic system part of our brain supports emotion, motivation, behavior, and memory. And I'm curious about how my guests are creating what I call limbic sparks, which happen when emotional motivation meets brand desire. I love talking with brand leaders who are turning emotional insight into a competitive advantage to drive business growth for the brands that they serve. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today. And let's talk limbic sparks. Thank you for having me, Kevin. Excited to be here. Lisa, I've been looking forward to this talk for a long time. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. Um, I uh, got a chance to be at the beach over the long weekend, so I'm feeling really recharged for fall. That is fantastic. It is. It was a perfect, it was a perfect beach weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, every time we talk, I can feel how energized you are about things that are happening in your life and career. It just comes through so clearly. What motivates you and fuels your energy? So when I was like a really little kid, I used to make these greeting cards for my family. And I would put on the back of it, I would write Lisa Companies. (laughs) And then I had this little tagline, make a difference. And I share that because I feel like that's something that sort of stuck with me um, where I just like doing things that make an impact, like no matter how small, whether it's something small in your in your work or you know, you're helping out one customer or making a bigger impact in the industry. I really love that. Um, and I think the other thing is working with people I really enjoy working with and people that I can learn from. I really um, get a lot out of that. And when it comes to those people, those those people who have been in your life, who you've developed those deep relationships with, what are the values that you seek out in them that you know encourage you to keep them close? It's definitely important to me to make meaningful connections with people. So really beyond the superficial. And I care about that a lot. And in my close relationships, um, very much about people who show up and support each other um, and sort of that value of, you know, hey, no judgment, but I'm just here for you. As a way for people to get to know you better, can you describe yourself by naming a few brands that paint a picture of what you're all about? I love this question. <laughs> so the first one that immediately jumps to mind is the Container Store. <laughs> so their motto is "Welcome to the organization," and I think you could basically say that about me. So I'm I'm the planner. I'm the person who has like the organization system. You come to my home. I have a color coded bookshelf. That's me. <laughs> um, another one, kind of like we were just talking about, not a product I use a whole ton but anymore, but Facebook. Uh, you know, it's all about connecting with friends and family, no matter how far away they are, and staying connected with them. Something I really love to do, something that really matters to me. Um, and then another, I guess, would actually be Spotify, just because music is a big part of my life. I'm speaking to you right now from my office. I've got my piano behind me and music stand next to it. Um, you know, I love listening to music, sharing it with others, things like that. And 
I guess if I had to say one more, it would probably be Italy. So I'm not Italian, despite what some people might think, but eat well, live well, like very much speaks to me. And I love to cook Italian food and eat good food, especially love good homemade pasta. So that's, that's a fun one. What a fantastic list. So the container right <laughs> off the bat. Yes, makes, right off the bat. <laughs> makes total sense given what I know about you and uh, the relationships, the food and the music. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We met, believe it or not, 10 years ago or more. Oh my God. When wow. you were a strategy consultant at Interbrand. I can't believe it's been that long. And more since then- more than 10. It was like yeah. Yeah, more than 10. Yeah. <laughs> and since then, <laughs> since then, you've earned an MBA. You've had a few different roles. You've shifted from brand consulting to digital product management, first at American Express for six years and for the last few years at Extend. Can you talk about the path from brand strategy at Interbrand to digital product management and, and even a, a bit of a focus on financial services and how that evolved? Yeah, definitely. I've always worked in and around financial services. And as an economics major, I actually started out working in finance in valuation services. But what really interested me was the brands that shape our lives and the factors that influence our decision-making. I found myself so interested in that, that I joined Interbrand where we met. And with my background, I got to work on the best global brands valuation and also did work with a lot of financial services clients. So kind of kept that thread. But what I really learned there was a lot that built a foundation for me in product development and the foundation I use later. And so I took those experiences with me to business school where I had this great opportunity to explore. And I actually worked with a lot of startups kind of helping them with the skills I learned at Interbrand and research and marketing. And I thought, I'm going to work in startups at some point, but I have more to learn from a big company first. So naturally, as an Interbrand alum, I have to go to, to a wonderful global <laughs> brand. And that was American Express. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's a wonderful place to work and learn. And it's where I really got my stride in payments product development. So I was actually working on a strategy project where we were developing this new payment product idea and that turned into a real product and as a result of that i ended up building it and, and managing it and leading it forward and so that's kind of how i i got into product management and really loved yeah. it and um i learned from that and, and went on to larger product dynamics as well and I think the payments space is just super interesting. I mean, you people are always going to have to exchange goods and services for some form of currency, right? And so because of that, there's always something to iterate on and there's always problems to be solved. And I think it's one of the reasons there's a lot of innovation in the FinTech space. And you know, a few years into American Express, I wanted to get involved in that space. Yeah. And specifically, I wanted to work at a at a fintech that had a vision that I really believed in, was working on innovative products, was really transforming the space. And that's extend where I am now. And I yeah. get to do what I love. I work on innovative fintech products that 
have a tangible impact on our users. And I do it with really great people that I learn from basically wow. every wow. day. <laughs> wow. So, so I want to, I want to slow us down a little bit. I want to go back to, to Amex a bit and learn a little bit more about <laughs> You, um, you, you had a, such a great run there. And as you mentioned, you had a few different roles and a few promotions. You didn't say it, but a, I know you had a few promotions <laughs> along the way. Um, how did you navigate such a huge organization? Like, cause it's such a big organization and so yeah. many people doing so many different things mm-hmm. and you managed to get in there and find a groove and launch a product. And, you know, that, that kind of thing is and a company like that is is a, is a big thing. So how did you experience that big environment and navigate it? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think a lot of it is working for great leaders and following your gut on things that interest you. So when I joined initially in the strategic planning group, I was just a sponge, right? I was learning everything I possibly could about the business, about the payment space and finance. And when I started working on this project related to, you know, this new payment idea, you know, I said, I really want to stick with this. I really want to do this. And that's kind of how that unfolded. And I think I found something I love that I happen to be really good at. And, you know, that is sort of the opportunity that you're looking for. And from there, it was, okay, I have now worked on this essentially startup in a big company. And we've concepted this idea from scratch and worked together as a really scrappy team. And I, I learned to move fast and iterate and launch something new. And I said, okay, I want to learn more. I really love this company. Let me try out a larger product and let me learn from that. And so that's how I moved into the um, consumer lending side of the business and worked on one of our largest products. And in that role, you know, I had access to data on our millions of customers and you do one thing and it changes everything, right? And you have resources to conduct really interesting research that can inform your product development. So I I just learned so much there as well. And I think it's really that a combination of following these leaders, what you're interested in and making sure you're always learning. Yeah. Wow. So in 2021, you made the jump to extend. <laughs> it's it. What does extend do? Can you explain it for those who are not familiar? I will. So our founders, they really recognize the value of meeting your customers where they are and then solving customer problems with that in mind. So where are Extend's customers? They are banking with financial institutions. And so what Extend does is it turns your business credit card into a spend management platform. It extends the value of the card that you already have in your pocket by allowing you to create virtual cards, which are essentially digital cards with new and different card numbers from your your base card. And then they use those cards and the controls and insights in our platform to empower their teams, to organize their spend, and to streamline their payments processes. And they do all of this while keeping the financial partners that they know and trust. That's really interesting. It's such a cool business model. Yeah. 
And when you joined or now, what, what is your role? What, what did you join to do there? And, and how does that, um, how did you carry that from American Express to, to extend? Yeah. So I oversee product management for our digital products. And for us, that means web and mobile. We have an app on iOS and Android. And in my role, I'm focused on the product strategy and prioritization of the roadmap for those products. So I lead a team of product managers that are focused on specific areas of spend management. And we partner super closely with design and tech, especially in development. And then we, of course, partner with product marketing, especially when it comes to go to market. Um, I'm always talking to customer support and business development to hear how our customers are experiencing the product. And I'd say as far as, you know, what I brought with me, it's again, like the balance of both perspectives of working on a small product and a large one, because on a small product, you learn how to build, move fast, iterate, you know, try new things, be scrappy. On a large product, you learn how to grow. Um, and we are a growing company. So that, you know, has become more and more valuable. So as you started your new role at Extend, you brought a lot of experience with you and a lot of ideas, and you also had to absorb and learn uh, from the team that you were joining. What did you set as your priorities as you were getting started? So, I mean, the first thing with any role, whether it's at Extend or any of the other roles I've had in the past in my career, is you you have to learn in the beginning. Um, and so that's really getting around and talking to everyone you possibly can, um, reading up on any competitors in your space, looking at any research that's already been done. And perhaps most importantly, particularly in product, is talking to the customers and really learning about them. At a company like Extend, I mean, our value, one of our, one of our values is customer obsession. So that makes it pretty easy when I joined and said, hey, I want to talk to a bunch of customers during my first few months. Um, but I did, right? Because I want to understand who are they and how did they get here? Why did they come here? What problems are we helping them solve? What problems could we help them solve? And I sort of developed a strong understanding of our users and that validated a lot of what I was seeing on the roadmap, but it also helped me understand and sort of get in the minds of the customer. And that's sort of that like learning phase. And, you know, at that point, you're probably getting a bit more integrated. You're working on some, some new projects that are being released. And eventually you start to know enough to, to get a little dangerous and you want to start focusing on your strategy and, and roadmap. And I'm curious, when you started gathering consumer insights, what were some of the techniques that the company was using or that you brought into the equation to understand customers from understanding the current user experience uh, to inform development, um, refinements to the existing user experience? How did you approach user experience uh, testing? So there is a lot of techniques and tools that I learned, a lot of which I learned at Interbrand, as I, you know, kind of mentioned. I mean, when I was at Interbrand, it was basically the best training for a job I did not know I was going to have, mm -hmm. right? Um, you learn that with your customers, it's important to know them, but it's how you learn about them and, and how you design for them. That's kind of really what matters. And 
and bringing that empathy and, and skill into your research, particularly when you're interviewing. In terms of, you know, the different tools we have, um, in-depth interviews is obviously one I really love to use, especially at a company our size, because our customers are so excited to talk to us and be part of it. And then of course, there's also quantitative surveys and the two of them sometimes go together really nicely. Um, sometimes you might, might want more support for, from your qualitative insights with your quantitative results. But I will say from experience that you start to see themes really quickly from just a handful of in-depth interviews. And I'm, I'm sure you've experienced the same, right? You, you start to get the picture pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of, you know, just the research and, and, and learning and talking to customers and surveying customers. Then there's usability testing. So think of it like prototype testing. When we have spoken to our customers and we kind of have a sense of how our feature is going to shape out, we'll design it and then we'll bring it back to them for testing and basically allow them to click through the experience and give feedback so we can see, you know, where there might be pieces that we could optimize a little or might work better. And sometimes we'll even layer qualitative conversations on top and have them go through that experience with us, um, sort of watching and talking with them. And then your MVP, your minimal viable product, when you release, that's your ultimate test, right? You then get to see how customers are actually going to interact with your product versus how they say they will interact. Sometimes those are not the same, right? And then, you know, you have an opportunity to potentially iterate a little bit. Maybe you've even decided to do some A-B testing. And then the last thing I'll say is, again, at a, a smaller company the size of Extend, something I've really enjoyed is building relationships with some of the customers that we interview and we've sort of got, you know, this running list of people that we know really enjoy talking to us about the product. And probably my favorite thing is going back to them with the feature that we've built with them in mind and having them tell you how much it's helped their workflow. Um, I really, I really love that. That is definitely something that really motivates me. <laughs> that That is so cool to be able to build something with a customer in mind and let them know that you've done that for them. That's got to be huge in terms of the strength of that customer relationship. That is really neat. Yeah. As you've done this research, what have been some of the biggest surprises that you've learned? Things that you've uncovered that were like, holy cow, we didn't know that. And now mm. we do. And you know, whether, whether it's about customer mindset, motivations, or challenges that you could eventually solve for them? Well, that's a great question. Um, I think something which, I mean, maybe this might not necessarily be a, a surprise because you know what's going to happen, but you basically can't take what they're sharing with you at face value. So our customers, right, we're always looking to build more features that enhance our offering, right? And and continue providing that for them. And, you know, a customer might mention a feature that they're interested in, something that we have in mind. Um, or they might mention a, a problem that they want to solve and they think maybe we could do it. But you really need to dig into the why underneath and have the patience to do that because 
nine times out of 10, the best solution is not what they asked you to build. And we'll discover that through research because we're listening to what they're saying underneath. And so I think what ends up happening is we take a, a feature that we have in mind at a, at a loose architect and, and build it into something um, that truly meets their needs in a way that they could not have actually articulated. And it's not, you know, that what they've articulated is is bad. It's just that it's colored with their individual specific perspective, right? They don't have the benefit of talking to everyone that we're speaking to and the benefit of thinking about our whole product and strategy and where we're going. Um, so I think that's, that's always very interesting. Yeah, that is really, and I, I agree. It's, it's such an important piece of the type of research you're doing is to not just take take notes on what they're asking for, but to understand the underlying motivations and needs behind their conversation about what they're looking for. That's that's the fun part of research is uncovering those <laughs> nuggets. That is that is so cool. So how along this along this journey of research and customer insights and product development, how has your learning over the last couple of years through all of the iterative work you've been doing informed internal decisions, whether it's about the offering or the roadmap or the prioritization of features. Um, in general, how are you driving growth with this insight? You know, when you're at a company that has a value of customer obsession and curiosity, it means you're always listening and always iterating. So I think the fact that that's baked into our culture is very key as far as how our customer insights are informing our decisions. And there are a few aspects when listening to your customer is hyper important, you know, a few aspects of any experience. And one of those is onboarding. When you're onboarding a user, that's their first impression of your product. It's the introduction, right, to who you are. And one of the things that has really always been true is that our customers really love our onboarding. They love how it's really fast and easy to get started. But the thing we, that we know as people who are always listening and always iterating is just because someone loves something does not mean it can't be better. And so that's one of those places where we like to go back to our customers and talk to them and also leverage data on how they're moving through that flow to find opportunities to optimize. And I think it's really, while that data is very important, it's the conversations and to use some of your language, those emotional insights that enrich it and help you find those little nuggets where maybe you could turn the dial just a little and find ways to optimize and make it a little bit better. And so, you know, we've done that and talk to me in a few months and we're probably going to do it again, <laughs> right? Because we can always be better and, and we can always be listening and product's never done. That's the fun of it. So cool. Love hearing you say all that. So I'm curious, why do you think that some brands are still neglecting this power of emotion, these emotional insights that have so much impact on the way people feel about their brand and their experience? Why do you think they're ignoring this? Yeah. Um, 
I think that there's in some ways not a wide a widespread understanding of this power of emotion and emotional insights. You know, you you always have to balance customer needs with your business impact, right? Like no matter how big or small your company is. And emotions are sort of underlying that customer need, but they are complicated. And I think it takes an understanding of, first of all, knowing that's there. But I think it also takes a lot of courage to act on them and recognize how they can really drive business growth. And if that's not already baked into how a brand thinks about insights, I think it can be even a little scary. So what do you believe then are the best ways to create limbic sparks, those moments when emotional motivation meets brand desire? I believe that empathy is at the heart of all of it. And that's something I I definitely learned at Interbrand, but really being empathetic, thinking about the user and their whole self. So it's not just about them in the moment with your brand, but it's everything outside and around it. And I think when you're empathetic and you can truly understand what they care about, that's when you can get to the root of the problems that they want solved and actually solve for them in a better way than you could have otherwise. Lisa, as a brand leader, what is it you know now that you wish you knew years ago that perhaps Mm -hmm. others can learn from? So something I've learned uh, when I reflect on my career thus far is to always be learning. Um, You know, I talked about it a bit here. I've always looked for roles that can challenge me and help me grow. And I like working with people who can help me learn. And I think that learning is not something that has to be limited to the start of your career. And sometimes it might feel that way, right? When you start out, you're learning, but you want to eventually get to the place where you know all the answers. But in my opinion, if you're not learning, then you're not growing. And seeking out those roles and people and companies that you can learn from is really valuable. I think it not only makes you a better business leader, but a better person. I love that. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today on Let's Talk Limbic Sparks. Thank you, Kevin. It was great speaking with you. For more, go to limbicsparks.com.